Hi, I'm Michael Sestouli and welcome to Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. Today, I'm co-hosting with fellow Cinemates team member Nick Stallone in the second of a new series called Sunday Blockbuster, where we get film industry professionals to pick five movies for their Sunday night. This episode, we were incredibly fortunate to be joined by Margot Hamad. Margot is a specialist in post-production and has worked in the editorial and visual effects departments of some huge TV shows and movies in recent years, including films such as The Lighthouse, Marriage Story and Little Women, as well as TV shows such as Billions and Netflix's Tiger King, amongst a stacked resume of other projects. While drinking some El Toro Palomas and Ranch Waters, Margot revealed her top five films and shared her inspiration to get into filmmaking, as well as her experience on working with some of the best directors in the industry, including Martin Scorsese, Robert Eggers, and many more. As always, make sure you're following Cinemates wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review to support us. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Cinemates. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Get it. You want answers! The truth. You can't handle the truth. Open the pod bay doors, now. You shall not Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. I am nothing! No. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Keep busy, Larry. You'll get busy, tired. Margot, welcome. How are you going? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, welcome good. to the second Sunday Night Blockbuster. How are you feeling? I'm good. Yeah? I'm ready. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about good. movies. Yeah, let's do it. So Sunday Blockbuster, another episode where we get film industry professionals to pick five movies for their Sunday night. So before we do that, quick shout out to the sponsor of this episode, El Toro Tequila, an Australian company making authentic tequila from Mexico. And today we're drinking their ready-to-drink cans once again. I've got the lime ranch water. Yeah, I've got the grapefruit. Um, Paloma. Paloma, that's the one. Okay, cool. And we'll just give these a try. Yeah, Yeah. could I try the grapefruit actually? Yeah, Yeah, sure, that's right. (laughs) It's like more like my flavor. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Oh, I love that El Toro taste. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Margot, you said before you don't really like fizzy drinks. Yeah. But just try it. Let's get your authentic reaction. Okay, just try it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's that's like that's pretty good. It's good, yeah. You drink it's that. not too bubbly, so it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's kind of smooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. I love though. grapefruit too. So. When I mm. when I drink like mineral water, sometimes it feels like I'm drinking TV static. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I yeah, just don't, yeah. I, don't I totally get that though. It's just yeah. a bit much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. this is pretty good actually. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's jump into this. Yeah. Before we start, I I mean I do like this format we've got, Michael, but. Would you be able to watch five films on a Sunday, do you reckon? Easily. Do you reckon? Yeah. What about you? So easy. Yeah? <laughs> that's my life. Like, honestly, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's all I've been doing. Like, it's just, I can watch movies all day, every day. Perfect. It's like, nice. I'm a big cinephile, guys. Awesome. Well, <laughs> Good. Come Perfect jump episode for you yeah. then. Um, well, let's hear your first pick then. What, what okay, have you chosen Okay, so I just first? want to say, first of all, so you guys asked me to pick five movies, mm. five favorite films. It's really hard yeah. to ask someone like me this like because it's basically like choosing your favorite child mm. yeah, yeah impossible <laughs> sure it's not possible at all um so the way i've done it is like i'm gonna pick one from each decade 
or yep. from five decades. Cool. Okay. Five. Yep. Um, so first one, 1957, is called No Down Payment. Okay, yeah. right. Beautiful film. I haven't seen that one. Tell us it's about it. Amazing. Joan Woodward is. You guys know Joan Woodward? No. We're plebs. So, yeah. <laughs> she's like one of my favorite actresses from the 50s. She was married to Paul Newman. Like, she's just oh, okay. absolutely amazing actress. Um, yep. And she also says this is one of her favorite films that she's ever worked on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, What's the like premise of it? So I have, I wrote down a few things. I'll just say so. So it's basically in California, four couples who have bought houses near one another face problems, alcoholism, racism, discrimination against lack of education until a tragic event forces them to release their lives. So basically oh, wow. like the movie, what's really interesting is during that time in the 50s, like there was the suburban lifestyle, like leaving the city and you had these cookie cutter homes. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you have these four couples and they're so like living this like cookie cookie cutter lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really, it's a very interesting thing. It's very raw. It's very human, mm. like character development. They're living out there. Everything was on credit. It was after the war. You have every little aspect uh, of life during the 50s. It's just a really beautiful film. Very raw. And yeah. I just really like it. Amazing acting. Yeah. Amazing directing. Some of those classic films are awesome. And I feel like, they're the I best. Definitely mm. don't watch them They're enough. They're the best. Is it am I wrong in saying is the 50s still where they were doing that accent where it's like a mixture of British and American? Yeah, they were trying to do the Hollywood accent. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were training to have the perfect voice. It's but then weird. that depends. Like it changes. Like then there's like movies like on the waterfront where it was showing kind of like the um uh like the Boston accent or like mm. um more like a hood accent that they were trying mm. to do. Yeah. But they were trying to, yeah, it's true that they were trying to put on a certain voice uh, for those films, like during yeah. that era. And that was to like relate to a wider audience or something, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it was yeah. just like the culture just, yeah, of like yeah. Hollywood. And they mm. were trained to do it also. Like yeah. I did watch a documentary about it, how they were trained, like how to speak. But then every actor had their distinct voice. Like Marlon yeah. Brando had something so <sighs> unique, you know. Yeah. He's the and, best. Yeah. Hey. Well, He's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. let's let's jump into these questions. Let's do it. Before we go, Michael, you can ask the first question, but um we're really excited for this because you work in the film industry when you work in post-production. Yeah. And we don't know much about post-production. Yeah. Like I have a little bit of Everything happens in post. Yeah. <laughs> everything happens in post. <laughs> Literally so everything happens I, in post. I'm excited for us and the listeners to hear listen and yeah, hear more about the intricacies that go on. It's mm. really interesting even when I first started first got my job in New York, um, wow. I did not realize everything in post. Like, that's where it happens. And I was really actually hurt and disappointed because a lot of what we see, audience guests, is fake. Like, everything oh, that yeah. we see is fake by the smallest, littlest things. Like, I was working on this one film, I won't say, but the director was like, oh, can we have a dog running over there? Can we put a fountain in the back? Oh, can we have, like, a guy playing tennis over there? Like, everything is fake. Everything's redone. Wow. Mm. Because it's easier and then you As in in post-production. Yeah, in post-production. Oh, wow. Because on set now there's budgeting, insurance. We're taking care of our actors more, which is great. Yeah. Um, Location's really hard to find. So there's like a saying, oh, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. Classic. And when people say that to me, it's like, okay, so I'm doing all the work. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, keen to hear more about it. I guess where we wanted to start was, and you've said that you're a massive cinephile. Mm-hmm. What was your inspiration to get into film as a career? And mm. why specifically, like, whether it was a choice or just how both. it played, yeah, to do post-production? Well, so my mom and my dad are 
huge cinephiles. Like I have to say, my mom taught me so much. So I grew up living around the world. And so in China was one of them where there was no TV. Like I did not grow up watching Nickelodeon or Disney or anything. <laughs> so shame. my mom- No, I call it. You missed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so my mom bought a box of Charlie Chaplin's, Buster Keaton's, you know, oh, Max wow. Brothers. And so yeah, I grew up watching classic. those. And then she- like everything. Like I watched Mildred Pierce when I was 12. I watched um, Sunset Boulevard when I was 15, like not fully understanding. And I've probably seen that movie like 30 times now, understanding <laughs> it more. But she taught me everything growing up. So we, I grew up like appreciating all these films and like going to courses and classes all the time just because I loved them. Like honestly, like all yeah. these old Hollywood classics are so good. And Scorsese and Tarantino, like even say now, like, those are the best films and everything has been done before. Like every movie has mm. already been made. We're just remaking from these classics. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. And then post, how I got into post. I, so I went to film school. And so the first year you kind of do everything. And so I did my thesis film. And then I realized while, so when you do your, I had to do my thesis film. And so then when someone else is doing their thesis film directing, like I would edit. And I realized editing, like being in a dark room, with just the director was so much more intimate. So I see like being on set as kind of like a construction site. Mm -hmm. You have hundreds of people. It's annoying. You're timed. People are screaming. You're like walking around. Everything's like time management. Like you're not getting fully out anything out of it. And in post, it's me and the director. Like this is me as the editor. Mm. And we're talking and collaborating and discussing and debating. Like, no, this cut works. This take works. This works better. Like, and it's a conversation happening. And I just found yeah, it true. so much That's more so cool. like the storytelling part of it was yeah. just more in editing. Like people don't realize that. Yeah. Um, That's it's so true. I feel like being on a, I mean, I've never been on a movie set. But I've seen behind the scenes and I've seen films where they film movie sets. And it just feels so... Yeah, like it's chaotic. Said. Yeah, mm. chaotic. It's annoying. You're tired. You're hungry. Yeah. People are like, and yeah, like, I mean, for me, it depends on the certain type of character. Like, I have lots of friends who like love just being on set. But for me, I wanted to be in a dark, groomy room and like, <laughs> yeah. just tell this, like the director why this works better. And yeah, yeah. it just made sense. You know? Yeah, I think as we've like, done more episodes and like, just learned more about film as part of this podcast. <laughs> One thing for me, I've really learned that, yeah, post-production is just so important and it seems like it would almost be harder to take everything that happens on set yeah. and then be able to, as you said, like ask those questions and debate what the final cut yeah. becomes. And it's so important. Yeah, it's, it's so important. important. And, and it's, it's the like, true storytelling. Yeah. Like a lot of the films of the original scripts like completely change in the editing. Like Silence of the Lambs, for example. Mm -hmm. So the editor for that was Mike McKay amazing like legend and so when um sir anthony hopkins like does the that bit <laughs> yeah. so that was just him like mucking around that was an off take and the editor chose to put that in oh, no and showed way. it and the director was like oh no like what the hell is that like that was just like him like mm. fucking around yeah and they're like no no like trust me and it's like literally like the biggest thing that's happened in science of the lands yeah, like everybody knows wow. that it was the editor's choice that's to do crazy. that that's cool. yeah. and it made it like so many little things like that mm. in editing I don't know, just like make the film like much better. That yeah. is such a fun fact. And also creating beats also in a film, mm. like when editing, like Euphoria is a good example, I think of like the beats of where the editing and the cuts are happening with each scenario that's happening. It's making you catch on and you're caught into the film, mm. you know. Corsese works yeah. a lot. So his editor, Thelma Shoemaker, <laughs> um, he likes to make films, edit films with music scores already. So Rolling Stones is like his best friends. Mm. And so like the one of the songs like, give me shelter, you Great know song. that one? So yeah. he actually like 
ran to like that song when it came out with Goodfellas. He went to uh, Mick Jagger's house. Oh, and like they got like a woman, like the the woman who's singing in the background. She was pregnant to like sing it and screaming in the back because it was gonna make it better for the film. Like re-record it like that. That's like, crazy. So he uses a lot of like music scores to create the film and to edit on that. Mm. Wow. That's such a, yeah, wow. That's yeah. Really cool. I think one more quick question about like, you know, your journey into film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you just mentioned it as well. We know that you did a short film at university that you wrote and direct. Yeah, film school. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how like was that process and how was that different to, as you said, being in post, post? now? Yeah. Um, it was good. Like, like I wrote when I wrote my script, but here again, very interesting. So I had my whole script. It was about supposed to be about 20 minutes, really fun to direct. You know, I had all my friends on my set. Like it was like, I thought it was a cool story, but then I realized like in the, I had an editor and he cut out so much and it really hurts as a director and the mm. writer. Like it, it yeah. really hurts. Like I understand, but honestly he was so right. Like it made it work better. The beats editing, and cutting all the things out just mm. made it much more a better short film, I think. So that's true. That would that's happen. Why, that's that experience like made me go, oh yeah, like editing's editing. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would happen so often, hey, in yeah. especially big budget films, like yeah. we've been saying. Like, so much is cut so out. Much is yeah, cut like out. so yeah. much. That's so why we have deleted scenes, and even mm. those are like have to be edited, and it's just for fun to put it out. <laughs> but like honestly, they're never. Everything changes in post. Just yeah. a quick side note. It's super unrelated, but mm-hmm. um, I found it funny at the end of some Pixar films how they have like bloopers. Oh, in there. yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. obviously not bloopers because yeah, it's yeah, animated, yeah, yeah. but they've like gone to the effort of animating yeah, 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 the scene yeah. where they fuck up and voice record. So if I miss DVDs, man. Yeah. yeah. Like DVDs, I would pass like, oh, when we had DVDs, and I would just go watch all the bloopers and deleted like scenes. Like that was the funnest thing about DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go into your second film. Now, okay. what, have you, what have you chosen? 70s. So I skipped the 60s. Um, the okay. Last Picture Show. Have you seen it? No. no okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Again, we are <laughs> Peter Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. huge director. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Bridges, isn't it? Really okay. young. He's been yep. there around for ages. Well, he's yeah. super young in this. Like probably 20, I don't know. Amazing. Wow. Sybil Shepard. Um, this is such a beautiful, again, so like my type of films, my favorite films, even when my mom is like, was showing us films growing up, like I loved human drama, human connection, Mm. character development. My sister was more into like the musicals. So like Fred and Ginger and the comedies. And Mm. so I loved these like human drama films. And so this one, the last picture show is that because it's a bunch of group of high schoolers that come of age in a bleak, isolated North Texas town that is slowly dying, both culturally and economically. We're basically following these kids in the middle of nowhere in Texas. So it's set in the 50s, I think, even though the film came out in the 70s, but it's set in the 50s. Um, But it's a lot of it is really interesting because... Um, so sex started, started to come back out in the film. So like in the 40s and 50s and 60s, there was the Hayes Code where you couldn't really show sex anymore. Mm, and then yeah. sex really came back in the 70s to like put that out there. Mm. And that's what drew like film back to the attention. But so the way Peter Bogdanovich like showed the sex here is an anxiety of sex of these teenagers like trying. And it's not a pretty look of how mm. sex is actually in a film. Mm. And so that's why it was really raw and beautiful. Um, and 
like one of them goes, it's just, it's a really good coming of age because they're all in high school. They're finishing high school. They don't know where they're going. They're in this small town. They're not all very well educated. Yeah. They, but they, they only have each other. And like some of them escape. Some of them try to leave the town. Some of them have no choice but to stay in the town. There's an elderly woman who's like sleeping with the younger boy just because she wants to feel loved. <laughs> like there's just so yeah. many little stories happening around. But then you lo- grow to love these characters mm. and just understand them. I think it's it's a really beautiful film. It's really well done. Um, the way he also does it is like he does very tight close-ups. And he got told off a lot like during the shoot by the producers that, you know, it's way too close cut. But I think like he kept defending himself to say we need to like be up and close and show how like anxious and uncomfortable these characters are and how confused they are. Nice. Yeah. It just worked well. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's cool. That's interesting. In the seventies, they brought the brought the willies back out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a few sex scenes. Yeah, um, that's cool. We we should we should watch these. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I like make PDFs for my friends with like my yeah. little comments on the Sales side. Pitch. That's why yeah. when you said like pick five films, it's like oh my god. And then yeah, when I was trying to go question. through, and like I was, I'm gonna get one through each decade. But when I was like finding one, I was ending up on another one, another one. Especially the fifties are like my favorite era. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, for people our age. It's so hard to, unless someone's no no no. I I mean I mean no no. Unless someone's like told you from an older generation to watch, it's like your parents did. Uh, It's so hard to be introduced to them naturally and be like, oh, you know, I'm Mm -hmm, gonna go mm -hmm. out and watch like a older film. Yeah. Um, like I remember my grandparents because this is how I got into film. They had this amazing DVD collection and watched so many movies. And uh, one movie that got me into like those older films and I hope this is the right title. Um, It's like Some Like It Hot or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Billy Wilder. Yeah, well, then you exactly. should watch all of his movies. You should yeah, watch exactly. The Apartment, Sunset Boulevard, Double so Indemnity, good. like, and you name it. Like, yeah. I just watched that recently again just for fun because Some Like It Hot is a classic. It's yeah, too good. Yeah, it's so good. But um, yeah, I remember That's me and my brothers. Yeah, <laughs> go on. I go on. Um, but yeah, I think more people need to. So we should definitely watch this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's go to our second question. Mm-hmm. Now, we saw that you worked on The Lighthouse. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that is one of my favorite movies. Oh, really? Okay. I remember showing. I told Michael to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weird film. Loved it mm-hmm. so much. I love Rob Pattinson. I love Willem Dafoe. Love, Rob love Robert Eggers. Yep. Um, tell us about your role in the post production of that film and what was that like? Well, so it was all shot on film, mm-hmm. like in sixteen millimeter, and so mm-hmm. like I was just I was a junior in New York, like when that was coming. So I was just doing like dust busting, like trying to get rid of all the dust and the dead pixels. Nothing interesting, but um, but that's so. You know, it's a film that came out in 2019. Yeah. Mm. And it's, he's a very interesting person, Robert Eggers. Yeah. Like I met him and spoke with him and he's so like, he's very knowledgeable in film. And you can tell in that movie also mm. all of his influences. Like I can see like from Igman Bergman and all that, like it's all influenced in The Lighthouse. Um, he's a very interesting person. I was doing a bit of research on that film. Yeah. Um, something that I found interesting was that a lot of films that are released, you know, in the present day that are black and white. Yeah. Most of them are sort of shot in color and then pushed to black and white in post. No, but, this was all shot in black and white. But this was shot on black and white film. Yeah. And you, it, it has a certain, even though, you know, there's no yep. inverted inverted commas color. Yep. You can see the difference where it's actually shot on black mm. and white yep. film. Because like the, you know, um, I saw there's like a clip of Rob Pattinson 
uh, jumper, he's wearing like a bright red jumper. Yeah. Because on black and white film, it makes it yeah. look like a really nice well, black. Well, so I'll mm. tell you a fact about working on that film. So I work in post, so where I'm kind of going now, so like editing really got me into post, but so I'm really focusing on color grading now. Like I really want to be a color grader and finishing. Sick. And so in The Lighthouse, because it was shot in black and white, like people don't realize that you're we're still grading the film in black and white. Mm. But by making shadows and creating more depth with the black and white where do the grays go and then i we, like we would put masks around some areas and like create make it just more poignant that it's black and white but with our creation on it because mm. if you just oh, shoot yeah. black you when you shoot you just shoot in log which is like kind of like a blank canvas with no contrast and by us putting the contrast and choosing where the contrast is and like mm. making shapes around certain like areas like so like the lighthouse and like on his jumper like we can target his jumper and make it that certain type of depth of black or gray that we want you know so i think that's what happens in post guys yeah, like yeah, we yeah. make the so movie much detail, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool what well, we we definitely want to get into color grading in more detail later okay yeah a few questions on that yeah, yeah. so hold tight okay <laughs> um but we noticed i mean you've got a an amazing career so far but you notice, especially 2019, an absolute yeah. blitz. Yeah, yeah. The Lighthouse, Midsummer, Marriage Story, The Irishman, Dark Waters. Because that was women. New York Times. Yeah. yeah, that was New York Times. <laughs> yeah. how, so how did you get into those? And maybe what was your favorite film to work on in post out of those? In New York? Yeah, New York. Probably Marriage Story. Yeah? Because I was, yeah, Marriage Story probably. Mm. Yeah, um, Marriage Story for sure because I think, well, that was my first job in New York because I was a junior role, but Marriage Story was the one where I like was the full conform artist and assistant colorist, so I had way more um, attachment to it and like control or responsibility towards it. And Noah Baumbach, like the director, I mean, I have never, I've, been, I've worked with lots of big directors and like Noah was just the one who was so casual and he would sit next to me every day and want to be there. You have a lot of directors who like just kind of come in when they want. They don't really care about posts. They have mm. their producers kind of fix it or figure it out. But Noah wanted to be there every detail. He sat next to me, wanted to see every version of the VFX, everything. So it was, I felt like he was so involved and w mm. wanted, like knew his film so well. Like mm. he even created... He like he was part of the editing process, part of the color grading, part of the VFX. Like he was very much involved, um, and it was some, it was a great film to work on. And yeah. it was it's a beautiful film. It is a really yeah. nice film. Yeah, amazing acting. Like that scene with Scarlett and Adam. Like I think I've seen it about sixty times. <laughs> like that just that one scene. I would yeah. just watch it like if I had on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it was just yeah. too good. Yeah, so good. I think on that as well, like, are you able to share kind of how one gets onto these, like, massive films? Because, you know, in one year, you got into some amazing well, films. Well, it was a company I was working for. It's called Harbour Picture Company. Okay. Um, amazing company. I don't know why they <laughs> hired me. Like, I went in and I had an interview just like straight out of film school. Mm. And then I asked my boss like like a year later, I was like, like I'm so surprised you like hired me because I didn't even know the software, like DaVinci Resolve, mm. the software that we mostly use. I didn't even know it and they taught me everything. And he was yeah. like, oh, you just had like a really good pitch. I was nice. like, oh, okay, cool. Well and they taught me everything. Yeah. And just by being there... Yeah. Yeah, and it, like helped on the IMDb, I yeah. guess for sure. <laughs> you just That's walked so in, good. You should be like, yeah, I had pretty, faith. pretty good with iMovie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, a bit more, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I know how to use uh, the Instagram Reels. Yeah. Editor, but, <laughs> but I think because I was so young, and like I said, also like, look, I'm so young, fresh out of school, because I did a lot of like in New York. It's really tough. Like everyone wants to work in film in New York, mm. and I did a lot of like interviews 
uh, for a few companies and they always said, oh, but you have no experience. You don't have enough yeah. experience. So, well, then give me the experience so I can exactly. have the experience. Like that that answer like pissed me off so much. Yeah. And then at Harvard, they were they said basically, well, I also pitched this. Like I'm, I know I'm just straight out of film school, but that means like I'm like a sponge. Like I'm young. Like you can literally mold me and tell mm. me everything that you want me to do and I'll do it. And that's literally what I did. That's a great, wow, that's <laughs> yeah. a good pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to steal, yeah, yeah, yeah. steal that. Yeah, I'm going to steal I was 21, so pretty, yeah, I was yeah, pretty young, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, save that for later, Mike. Yeah, I've literally <laughs> written down good. sponge. Um, <laughs> let's get into Sponge your Bob. third. <laughs> yeah, SpongeBob. <laughs> B-O-B. Yeah. Um, let's get into your third film. Okay. Choice. What so, have you got? 80s. 90s. Skipped it. Skip. Like, <laughs> good. 80s maybe, maybe we've seen this now. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Because no, the 80s is like, the <laughs> 80s, honestly, for me, is like not the best decade of film because it's basically when um, – erotic thrillers was a thing so sex mm. was really out there and what's an erotic thriller like basic instinct like okay, those yeah. kind of movies those yeah. are the 80s yeah, yeah. yeah um so the 90s so this is very i'm gonna just say this so martin scorsese is one of my favorite directors i know everything about him okay king, like i've yeah, i've king. seen all of his movies mm -hmm. front and back mm -hmm. all the time i've read all his books like i know everything about him so, we have yeah. a personal connection Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and so i picked this film called the age of innocence that came out in 1993 you did not see I'm that sorry. of course I haven't you haven't seen it you know. but so what's Damn really it. interesting i'm is not gonna fake it either and say yeah i've seen it <laughs> so, like <laughs> yeah. but what's really interesting is so martin scorsese in 1990 goodfellas Best one of the best movies best ever. Yeah. Like, that's also again one of the top I, films. Like I could talk about that for ages. I know everything about that movie. Mm -hmm. So 1990, Goodfellas came out. 1995, Casino came out. Same kind of mafia mm -hmm. film, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. But in between those two films, in 1993, he did The Age of Innocence, and he says himself that this is his most violent film. Okay. Wow. It, yeah. But cool. like, Must just watch violent. it. It is very violent and brutal. But it's during the uh, early, late 1800s, 1900s. So Daniel Day-Lewis, best actor in the world. Mm. Michelle Pfeiffer, Winona Ryder. And basically... <laughs> no, it's mm. amazing, amazing. And Joan Woodward from the 50s, like from that first movie. Oh, she, he's back. She's in right. it, Joan Woodward. But she's like narrating it. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Nice. But so wow. this is... Um, just a beautiful film. Like also, and it's really interesting that he says it's his most violent. I mean, even after Taxi Driver, mm -hmm. you know, like he says this is his most violent film. And so basically, how can I give a little... So it's a copy of Edith Wharton's novel from 1980. So it's based on a book. So he did a really great... Um, what's it called when you do... An adaptation from a novel. Yep. Like I read the book and like the way he's done the film is a perfect adaptation yeah, of it. It's tough to do. Very hard to do. Yeah. So much, so much happens, yeah. but he really did a, a good job. Uh, it's a romantic piece, but it's brutal because it's during that time in high society, New York in the early 1900s. And you just see like this, it makes you just want to like tear it, like the screen. Like it just hurts you. It's brutal. Honestly, it's mm. so hurtful what happens in the the whole like relationship with Daniel and Michelle and like because of society during that time and to be approved by society, just watch it. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It's so, very yeah, powerful. I, very, it very seems good. like one of his most like underappreciated movies. Like I didn't even, I oh, had to say so, so I didn't even know. We, we, yeah, it. we feel so bad that we haven't seen any of these. <laughs> yeah, this is like, not good. Martin Scorsese. Scorsese yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what have you seen from Martin Scorsese? Probably Good like fellas, everything casino. else, yeah. yeah. Even really? like um, silence. Alice doesn't live here anymore. 
No. The big shave? No. Okay, so you have that one. <laughs> Maybe you should take over. This <laughs> no. Um, no, but I'm like a big fan. Like I really yeah, know yeah. like everything like about him. But um, are you keen for his upcoming? Yes. Film? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Is that even a cool no, like I'm really <laughs> pumped, and I'm really excited. Well, I worked on the Irishman also, and I was like, yeah. but I he was, even, oh, I but love he, that film. Really? Yeah, I fucking love that movie. But see, he even was so so a bit of insight, like because it was his first film with Netflix. Mm-hmm. And even like when he, he just, um, we could just feel like during post, like he just like, just like had enough because Netflix is such a big, I'm shitting on Netflix right now, which isn't like a good That's thing. A, they pay listen. me money. <laughs> but, like, but like Netflix, just the streaming service, they're trying to put so much content out there. And they yeah. thought by like getting Martin Scorsese to do a film and they are part producers, you know, but they then have this authority to make all these decisions and i felt that like martin scorsese wasn't like completely uh satisfied with the irishman like he Mm. wasn't like happy with it also like vfx finishing wise like there are some things you know that weren't perfect it could have been so much better like the aging yeah that but also like editing wise also it was like just really like the is three hour movies like don't get me wrong i love it but like uh i've some of my favorites are, you know, six hours. But this one's this one was just it just felt unfinished. And I felt also he like just wasn't satisfied. And because the Oscars were coming up also, like it was rushed to put it out there like oh, before okay. the Oscars. Yeah. Like that always happens. Um yeah, I saw him. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Bro, wow. like I'm Robert De Niro walked into the kitchen. I'm Robert De Niro's my god. Like you don't understand. Yeah, and he yeah. walked my into god. the kitchen and I was like, Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in like cargo shorts and yeah, like a yeah, hat. Yeah. He's yeah, like dripped. the hot water. I'm like, yeah, right here. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I'm really like fa- like I'm, I'm just this is my job. I have to yeah. be so cool about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, but like yeah. those are my boys, now, you know. In the future, when you see him again, you can be like, Oh, I told you where the hot water was on the set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> like who are you? Years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so good. That is, just quickly, sorry. Yeah. Um, this is not part of our Line of questions. I'm going off script here. Yeah, yeah. What What did you do on the Irishman? Uh, so DR. So that was also all shot on film, and then I helped also like because they were all wore wigs. So the CGI mm-hmm. effect, and then they all had to wear wigs and like just to clean up the wigs a little bit and like help conform everything, do the finishing, a bit of color grade. Um, I love the movie. To be fair, busting. I've only seen it once, right? Because I mean, it's a long film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. You you really liked Good it, film. yeah. I, I honestly really really liked it. But so uh, going back to that, but I just felt like Scorsese was disappointed, and it wasn't his best film. And so that's why I'm really excited for his new one because he's doing it, but like his other great films, with by himself with his own production company to his nice. thing, and not being influenced by Netflix. Netflix has a lot of power over films. Mm. Which is unfortunate. This is a conversation I have a lot <laughs> because <laughs> streaming services are great because. Um, uh, it's making me a lot of jobs, which is great. It's putting a lot of content out there. But then it's pressure to put content out there all the time. Twitter. Yeah. And that's why also there's the writers um, like strike. strike happening because they're pressured to do so much content because we are all in need of stuff right now. Mm. And Netflix is one of the biggest streaming platforms that is just um, trying to get so much out there. And sometimes, you know, you just like get back to the story, you know, yeah. like let's quality, what quality, quality yeah, quality, quality yeah. exactly. Yeah, like I, let's look at like, you know, the details. And I just yeah. felt like the Irishman was, you know, just a Netflix kind of you could tell also Netflix it was Netflixy. Like yeah. I can say that there's a lot of stuff that was happening that wasn't Scorsese and it was very mm. Netflixy. Yeah, I think just quickly on that, like I think 
big like a lot of our fan base and listeners are big Marvel fans, and I think they've <laughs> they've noticed as well like Disney. Similar to Netflix. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not. Don't worry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not anymore. Don't but worry. they, like, you know, had the success of the MCU and then they tried to, like, ramp up the how right. big and, you know, how many so features they Marvel had. So has the same kind of problem going now? That yeah, absolutely. Like, everyone's fatigued. Like, some are just absolute bombs. Yeah. And Garbage. people have, like, given up on it and it. It's Didn't sad. they just announce like they're doing like eighty more? I swear. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. I'm not but a huge yeah, you've seen fan of, like of Marvel. Like I can't. Like I'm not really. Like yeah. I don't. I, I can't comment because I don't really know much about it. It's I was. Not, I yeah. definitely was mm. until um, in Avengers Endgame, which is like a big. Yeah. I, I just thought it was a fun. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go into a film to feel something. Yeah. yeah other yeah. times you go into a film just to have fun. And I like, like Fantastic a... Four. Is that Marvel? No. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, that's, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah like the the old one with Jessica. Yeah. Alba. Is yes. it Alba? Yeah. 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 That was great. That was a classic. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I've felt like the past maybe th- was it three years? Mm. Three years they've just. They're trying churned, to restart they just it. Churned right, them right. out, and, and they've, they've just diminished like all of yeah. The, the value's gone just, down. It's so awful. Much. Anyways, we're getting yeah. off topic here. Um, let's get into our third question. We mm-hmm. sort of mentioned it a little bit uh, before, but color grading. You said that you want to get more involved with it. Some of the amazing films that you did have very unique color grades. Um, ones that jumped out to me and Nick were. Dark Water, it's like very grey oh, yeah. and gritty. Yep. Um, Marriage Story, don't know how to describe it, but it's very kind of like plain. CPH, yeah. Mm. Um, and even like Midsommar as well. as well. Oh, Midsommar, yeah. That was… Uh, yeah. Well, now because you're asking what New, New York film… Midsommar was very interesting to work on as well. Ari Aster, very interesting character. Mm. Love him. <laughs> Have you seen Bo is Afraid? No, not yet. Okay, weird. I, have I, you seen I, it? I have and I have mixed feelings about oh, really? it. So yeah, I'd like very to discuss passionate it with about someone it. who… Okay, seen it. I'll watch yeah. it and we can talk okay, about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, on the color grading, like maybe talk us through kind of some of those conversations that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you were specifically involved in the grading of those I wasn't films. the main color grader. But like, yeah, just like talking about the choices yeah. of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such an important part of film that a lot of like, yes. casual film yeah. have no idea about. Yeah, exactly. Well, Mary's Story was that. shot on film. Yep. So there the color grade, you have a lot of grain on it, which is giving this texture that's quite unique. Film is like a physical strip and you can only, like one reel I think goes for 11 minutes. And so it's dusty, it's dirty. And so it's shooting all this dust and these Grains. dirt and making grain. Um, but like funny enough, like when we shoot digital, a lot of like well, my job, a lot of like posts, what's happening, they want to add grain. And so we mm. put fake grain on top because it gives so much like raw texture. This mm. film has such an interesting look. There's such a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. It could be so subtle, but it makes such a difference. Like there's a few films that I've worked on here where it's just all added grain that we've put mm. on because it just makes… So, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Midsommar, for example, color grading there, like targeting those flowers. He really mm. wanted those to pop. Also like how it's supposed to be daylight. The sun never goes down. Mm. Um, he wanted like quite a lot of saturation, which worked for the film. Um I remember working on that film was really hard though. Like there's, you've seen it, right? Mm. You know that scene when he's like at the end? Mm. Yeah. Like that. Mm. And then I'm like going frame by frame, oh, you know, boy. like I have to go slowly and I'm like, it's a chicken, it's a chicken, it's a dead chicken. <laughs> like this is not, oh you my know, God. But, like that I'm been, horrified looking yeah, at this gory stuff. Like f- like frame by frame and you have slowly. To, you have to go frame by frame. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. Just, 
no, no, I have to check everything and like I have to rewatch it, rewind, like, you know, you're in loop of this thing. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's a chicken, it's okay. <laughs> like, this is not real. Yeah, yeah. But it was quite hard to work on um, because of that. Yeah. Wow, um, I can imagine. And what about uh, Dark Waters or Marriage Story? Yeah, Dark Waters, how was that? Dark Waters, yeah, like the tones were quite dark. Um, like he leaned into like some green tones, if I mm. remember. Um, like why? I mean, under the director, I also, like if you're asking me why do you want that, like I wasn't the main colorist. Like it was just the choice they made for the theme yeah. of the movie and the style of the film. That's what they wanted. Um, yeah, don't really know how to I guess a that. quick question on that, um, just as someone who doesn't yeah. know it all. Um, how much does the cinematographer have in choosing the, the color grading yeah. so he's the main client like when it comes to color grading yeah so it's always first few sessions is the director of photography and the colorist together mm. because he had his vision on set of how he wants it and then the color graders there and so they collab yeah. together on making the set or the mood of mm. like the pictures that we want yeah. then the director can come in and like put his notes but really when it comes to coloring it's the dop and the colorist who come up with those yeah okay reason i ask is because like you obviously watch movies where some cinematographers have such like a bold color grade like i think of like roger deakins and sicario or june and whiplash all of them yeah just like amazing examples of color grading and just how different the tone of the movie can be yeah it totally can like the color grading is really interesting because we could turn a whole shot like that you shot in a day and turn it into night. Mm. Like so much happens in color grading. Like I can put in some fake stars, make it dark, put a moonlight like shooting down. I could make like a shadow happening on someone's face for something scary. Mm. Like so many masks and things. People don't realize that everything happens in post. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you put like your face like spinning across the frame. Totally. I could do whatever. Like honestly. Have you ever done that? Are you in any films? (laughs) No, but like we. (laughs) (laughs) But we've like mucked around. Tyler Durden just like blip. We've like mucked around with like. Sometimes directors, they want to like put a little like fun, funny like an things. Easter egg or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah. like they have like a bottle, like a can of Coke and they duplicate it. They're like, can you just duplicate it 10 times and just like make it look like there's like a bunch of cans overlapping each other. And it's in the back of the frame. You can't see a thing. That's but so just to, like, it's just a funny thing they want to put just to make it like their mark <laughs> or to screw around yeah. with it, you know. Let's get into your fourth film choice. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Getting really what excited. What decade? <laughs> this is 2000s. Okay, we're not nice. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> um, there will be blood. Nice. Wait. Jeez, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't understand. Like my phone case is like you know. Oh. Like, like Show it to the camera. <laughs> just so we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> like there will be blood is, if I have to pick, is in my top five. Of all, like that okay. one would be up there. I can't wow. pick the others, but that one's up there. There will no, be blood. We've we've seen that one, of course we have. We love <laughs> that Great movie. Film. Is amazing. Yeah. I've it's I've fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Like it's so powerful. It's really really well done. Daniel Day Lewis again, like icon, amazing. And he's retired from acting, isn't he? <laughs> no, no, he'll he's be back. He's always he said that so many times. He said that all the mm. time. Okay, true, true, true. He's too good. Like, so, yeah. and I think yeah. he's like the type of guy. Um, if it's a good script, and like Pete, Paul Thomas Anderson, like he works worked with him twice now because he did Phantom Thread. Did he do? Yeah, yeah. But so he like 
picks the movie of what he wants. Like he is at that level. I think he has yeah. three Oscars. Like he's like, oh, like he's a king. He's a king. He's so good. He's amazing. Mm. Tough man, though. I will say, like, I would to personally, I think who he is as a person to go into character. Mm. Like he goes further than method acting. Like he goes crazy. Like for Gangs of New York. Have you mm-hmm. seen that one? Yeah. Like he the way he like set up for that, he listened to Eminem all day, every day, just to get in that angry butcher mode. Like he <laughs> thanks Eminem when he won like the award. He's like, thank you, Eminem. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just to get him in the mood. For the crucible when he did that, like he went to like he um a lodge and just like built he didn't shower he smelled for a year and just like was building his lodge being in that era mm-hmm. for the crucible his method acting goes beyond so for this also like he went beyond uh-huh. <laughs> uh Paul Dano also like so amazing good. incredible the score of the film is so well done the first like i think there's a lot of references like Paul Thomas Anderson also says like to Kubrick to have that long 11-minute shot with no dialogue mm. is kind of an homage to The Shining to have like cool. that long, you know, mm. bringing you into this eeriness. Yeah. Um, and I think his character is so interesting because you love him and you hate him. Mm. Actually, no, you don't love him. I don't love him, but you respect <laughs> him as a yeah. businessman and yeah. you understand what he's trying to do and his obstacles he has to overcome. Silly obstacles where religion gets involved for him to be come successful and then when he becomes successful um he's just so above it all and doesn't care and he doesn't even care about his son anymore and that was mm. the only thing that he really like did love or care about apart from getting money or his job or having the oil and he did everything to try and get that oil he would buy all the land like it just shows that this man is all about money business and during that time also if we think about it when was it like set like the 1800s yeah yeah Yeah. um just very powerful film i love that movie so much he's such a so good such a master of like voice like his Mm. accent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. his voice work is just yeah unmatched in my opinion yeah um so fourth question Mm. um we wanted to talk about we've been speaking about your favorite movies but specifically to um post-production well, one of your favorite films that you haven't worked on, yep. that you look at it and you go, that's great. Like that's good post-production, whether that be editing or sound or color or. Oh my God, that's a really tough question. Mm. Um, well, that kind of comes in, like I would say the last film that I'm mentioning from that kind of like leads into that. Should I yeah. mention it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. so Good Time by the Safety Brothers. Oh, that's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Oh. No, so like, see, the Safety Brothers, I think, have something so special. Uncut Gems, like... Loved it. No, like, see, but for me, it. between Uncut Gems and Good Time, Good Time takes over. Good Time yeah, was yeah. so much better. Yeah, I th- Uncut Gem yeah. was trying to like be selling it more out and also yeah. Adam Sandler's... No, I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I thought he was, was so great. I no, I don't know. Himself, like absolutely. I, I was not feeling it that way. Oh, no. But good time, oh, no. <laughs> good time though. Like when I saw mm, that, like he's because uncut gem. Like made, I'm, I was laughing at him, kind of. You mm-hmm. know, I wasn't. I was stressed. I was so stressed. The whole. That's fair, but that's what they them. want. The Safety yeah. Brothers want you to make good time anxious. As well. But so a anxious. good time was done more. Like I'm stressed, but I'm with him, and mm. I res- understand this character. Yeah. yeah, because like uh, like Adam Sandler was just like, oh, you're so stupid and annoying. That's like, true. The that's, character yeah. was hard to connect. With. Hard to connect with, but like with Robert Pattinson, also hard to connect with. But 
Smart parents and also, but he, yeah, you like know. him, but then you don't like him, and he does everything for his brother. Mm. But so they're editing and post, amazing. And so mm. Benny Safty, like he also did the sound design. The reason I respect these boys a lot, the Safty brothers, is because they are so involved. They do the editing, they do the color, they do the sound design, That's, sound wow. mixing, directing, writing, mixing. acting. They're part of the whole thing. So it feels for me like, and like New York, like they came, like it feels for me that they are making a movie as friends like they're mm. together trying to create something and we're just having fun and yeah. we're going to be part of everything not this big old hollywood every department blah 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 mm. they want to be there throughout the whole process and they are there throughout the whole process and editing was so unique the sound mixing the color also was very interesting so they have something very special mm. and i like can't wait to see what they're doing next. I love Good Time. Good Time yeah. was one of my awesome. Favorite movie. Yeah. Anyone? So when I was listening. trying to pick that decade, like yeah. 2010 onwards, like Good Time really was a big it's standout. 2017. Quite, yeah, quite underappreciated as well. Really? A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of pe- no, a lot of people that I've spoken to haven't seen it. Or yeah. They've seen it. I remember I showed my sister, and she she was like, "Yeah, it was okay, but I didn't like the ending." And I was like, "Well." I mean, or they've seen really? Uncut Gems because of Netflix, but yeah. not Good Time. Well, see, I saw Good Time, and then I saw Uncut Gems, and I was like, nah, Good Time. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. And they did another, and then I, w- I went into their, like the Safety Brothers, their first big feature film was Daddy Long Leg, something like that. I don't know if you can look it up, but that one was interesting, but different. And Good Time, mm-hmm. I think, was something where they found their rhythm or their yeah. theme yeah, or what they want. And Rob Pattinson as well. So good. Really just proving why he's one of the best actors living so good. today. Yeah. And so, so many good. people. Such a good I've said this before him. on yeah. the podcast so many times. I don't know how many times I've it, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When people say, when I say something like, oh, I love Rob Pattinson as an actor, and they go, who, the Twilight guy? Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. I want, I want to shoot that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. seriously, you can't say that. Nah. And it's he's, really, really mm. hard because when people ask me, like, what are the, the best actors right now of our generation who are in their 30s? Mm. If you think about it, I'm thinking best actors ever. You know, Robert De Niro, Paul Newman, Marlon mm. Brando. Mm. Those boys, you know, are like 70. Some are dead now. Yeah, those yeah, are dead. the best <laughs> actors ever that I can recall. Mm. But right now of our generation who's in their 30s, Robert Pattinson, hands down. Oh. Daniel Day-Lewis was always like 65 now yeah, yeah. he's you know what do you think of timothy chalamet call me by your name amazing yeah loved it loved Great that film. timothy chalamet was amazing in that that's when his like big debut came out when call me by your name came out i went to the movies like three times to go watch it i think that whole that movie also mm. was really well done mm. beautiful boy he was really good in that as well um i just i need i'm waiting for more you know i need to yeah. see more i think robert pattinson has shown much more Range. Like range and mm. diversity, and like mm. he did, like Bella Me also is really good with him. He's working with um, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, he's working on that. Yeah. Well, the Safdie brothers, like he reached out to the Safdie brothers and said, "I want to work on your next film, whatever it is." Like he knew those boys had something special. That's cool. Yeah, and that they wrote really "Good cool. Time" all for Robert Pattinson. That's so good. That is cool. Yeah. Nice bet to make as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Should we get into final question? Yeah, final question. Um, this has been great. Yeah, this has been, <laughs> yeah, awesome. been really good. Uh, I'm so nervous at the beginning, guys. Yeah. I probably need to redo the beginning or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. no. You, um, you've done really, really well. This is we should we should have 
you on like to discuss a film. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Very passionate. I'm so Maybe done. once we watch some of these older films, yeah, yeah, I can definitely. send you. I make PDFs for my friends, <laughs> right? And I make like true. little comments, like screenshots. I put little comments next to all of them, like oh, why this, so blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, they, I think I'm annoying them, but it's okay. They're uh, like it. <laughs> amazing. Um, you know, you've had a very interesting career so far, and I'm sure. Well, you are working a number of things that you couldn't talk about now. Um, and you've talked about how you want to get more involved in color grading. Like where yeah. do you see yourself going next in your career? Like what's the kind of dream end goal if you have one um, that you know of already? I like to be one of the, like the top colorists in the world for sure. Yeah, that would be awesome where they like fly me around <laughs> because I'm so good. <laughs> you know, cool. like yeah, I met yeah. a few of those guys and – Big privilege. It's like, a great. It's a really cool niche. Yeah. Also, well, Jim Jarmusch is one of the films that we worked on. Do you know Jim Nar- Jim Jarmusch? No. You don't know Jim Jarmusch? Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. Sorry. Really? <laughs> Offended. Um, like, um, so what was this? Are you looking him up right now? I am. What's the, the one a bit with slow the? Him, what was the <laughs> one with the? I worked on this film. I'm having a blank with the zombies before the devil. No, not that one. Anyway, but Zombieland. No, no, no. <laughs> but he's um, he did he's um, uh, Broken Flowers is my favorite film of his. Okay. But he's uh, or Night on Earth also amazing film. You guys should watch Night on Earth. That's Night beautiful Night. film. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like only works with one colorist and oh, okay. like he flies him around everywhere but they become friends they go skiing together <sighs> and you know, I want to get to that level you know you were Martin Scorsese's. Yeah, colorist. Yeah, that would be, that would be cool. Or the Safety Brothers, you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. want to like, you know, their next movie. If you're maybe. listening, Safety Brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess with that, like, the do you need to kind of, if you are to become the best colorist in the world and get mm. to that point, do you need <laughs> to like have your own sort of like, I guess every film's different and every color grade is different for that mm-hmm. film. Do you need to like form your own style? Like we've talked about how. You know, directors yep. have drawn st- inspiration from older mm-hmm. people. Like, how does? Well, there's a colorist that, that I'm working with here in Sydney that I really like. His name's Matt Fez. Shout out, Matt. And he, <laughs> um, like, his style is. I can tell his style is very unique. He uses a lot of grain. He has like these golden tones, and I like his style a lot for sure. And then, so with like color grading, like I created like a few. Like they're called LUTs, which is basically. When you're grading, you can create a lot. So everything that you've just made on a picture, you're creating a metadata of that. And so they're like inspired by films. They're like Dunkirk, I have that. Or oh, okay. from like like a lot of the um, Great Bu- Grand Budapest Hotel, Ooh, you know, nice. like inspired looks yeah. from mm. films. Because mm. they're all different. And really it depends on what the film is and how it happens. You can yeah. have your personal touch to it, but whatever. Case by case. Thing. Yeah, whatever yeah. the film is and the mood it needs, you know. Mm. I guess one last question. Mm. Because you're such a cinephile and choosing five would have been so hard. Yes. Can you rattle off maybe some honorable mentions that of films that people should see and are in your sort of top ten, let's say? Um, if you could just think of them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, well, so Billy Wilder. Every, you should go see all of the Billy – watch all the Billy Wilders. The Apartment, I watched that the other day again. So good. Uh, everybody should see Double Indemnity. Um, anything with Joan Woodward, Long Hot Summer, and I'm just thinking Joan and Paul, <laughs> cool, anything with Paul Newman, Cool Hand Luke, um, mm. 
Oh, oh, any uh, Elia Kazan's. Oh my god, I cannot like forget about him. <laughs> of course, I don't know. How do we? I don't, how do we forget about Elia Kazan? I don't know any of these people. So Tennessee, well, so Tennessee Williams is a writer, <laughs> script writer. Tennessee Williams, Cabin Hot Tin Roof. I actually have heard of Streetcar Named Desire. I have yeah, a tattoo yeah. of it. So this is Marlon Brando. Right Whoa! Here. <laughs> so this it's is Stella. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So this is when she comes down and that's hugs a cool him. Yeah. Amazing film. 1952, I believe. Um, so, Streetcar Named Desire, Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. Um, I'm having blanks right now. But so, ten- anything written by Tennessee Williams, Elliot Kazan's On the Waterfront, amazing. Um, oh, Robert Ryan, also anything with Robert Ryan, Robert Wise, so good. Um, is this like the, the emoji movie? <laughs> <laughs> don't joke. I have I can pull out a list if you want, but there's so many. I mean, I'm now naming all of the mm. 50s, but so if we want to go into Boss now, Baby too. No, sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we want to go into something more now, yeah, yeah. something recent, recent. Maybe. Okay, um, so okay, there's a lot of Iranian films that have come out that are really good. Yeah. Um, so uh, just six and a half. That's a really good one. Yeah. Everyone should go check that one out. Uh, Mustang is a Turkish film, beautiful film. I think it's uh, kind of like the uh, Turkish version of Virgin Suicide that was really good. The Guilty, but the original ver- version, the Danish oh, version. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you, you know the Guilty? Because that was, re- I've seen the good remake. Awesome. Do not good. watch I'm it. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good, but I've heard watch the original. Watch the original, original. Great, yeah. so the Danish one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else have I seen that was really good recently? Like from this decade. Anything era. this year that you've seen that was good? Like, this for year. example, we just, and I know this is obviously animated, but, oh, you didn't say it, Nick, but I uh, recently saw Spider Man across the Spider Verse, yep. and that was actually amazing. I didn't think that's Margot's. <laughs> no, but like. <laughs> I met a guy who, like, uh, <laughs> this was in, when I was working in Paris. He was a new guy at work, like, very young. He, he was, like, 19, first job. He comes out, like, when we go on our lunch break, he was like, oh. And it was, like, when the newest Spider-Man came out, mm-hmm. like, with um, Tom Holland. He was, like, honestly, it was, like, the best movie in the world. Like, mm-hmm. on it, the best film in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I just looked at him, point. and I was like, <laughs> no, I was just. <laughs> don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you can't say that. I'm sorry. Like if you no, look no, at no. It, that's that's, that's a power that's film. a bad statement. But I just this want to say actually... this though. This is what I explained about film. There's no such thing as a bad movie. Mm. I would say the power of film is that it is relatable. We're all different. We're all unique. Yeah. We're all individuals. And whatever movies being shown, we all relate to it differently. We all can get connected to it differently. So for me, I see there's no such thing as a bad movie. I don't like that one. I can't. I'm not connected to it. I yeah, said yeah. this. You know, Margo, yeah. the the Spider Man that we're talking about is like the anim. It's like animated. the animated it's, one. Yeah. It's, have you have you seen the? It's actually no. really cool. Okay. I trust me. I'm not like a Marvel okay. person yeah. anymore. It's yes. different. It's actually, really. It's but different. I'll, the anim- uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch what, it. You would appreciate the, like the animation. You would. And the sound. Yeah. And okay. It's actually really cool. Okay. Give, like take our word. Like I love the Incredibles. Like that's a good one. That's great. Yeah, great. Bit different, but great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, I'll try. I'll try watching. Cool. It. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That's Margo. it. This has just been. We could talk for ages. We, yeah, yeah, I know. This has yeah. been really fun. Um, thanks for coming on, and really, you know, keen to see what you do in the future. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries, no worries. and we'll definitely watch those movies as well. Yeah. So many more. We'll watch those <laughs> if you watch Spider Man in this one. Okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. And Boss Baby too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemax. Make sure to follow us and leave a review on your chosen streaming platforms. Also, check out our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel for more Cinemax content. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's First Nations people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemax is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you. Whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time. Chatting with them may reassure them that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14.